Warning, this show has been known to cause certain side effects in listeners and participants alike. Symptoms include a positive outlook on life, wanting to try new things, and a renewed faith in humanity. Enjoy at your own risk. Hey there, and welcome to the I Like to Like Things podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and thanks for joining me. I don't think I have to tell you that the world can be a dark and scary place for us all, and I'm here to help you get through the miasma of that negativity one episode at a time. Now, to accomplish this, I have a guest tell me about their favorite thing, and we get to share in their enthusiasm. Now, the catch is, I'm not already a fan of their thing. However, I realized that it's easy to like something as long as I had an excited person explaining why their thing was great. And so this podcast and all its potential positive feelings is born from that. And for today's episode, we have Rudy Salo from Good Is In The Details. Rudy, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? (laughs) Doing pretty good. Just happy to be podcasting. It's something new. Learning something new is how I keep cheery. So this is this is great. This this is going to be great. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense, especially especially with your intro when you're talking. And I know that's the intro you use for your other shows, but you're like, sometimes the world can be a dark and scary place. <laughs> Boy, that's the understatement of the year right now, isn't it? It's rough. Yeah, it's rough. You know, I was talking to a friend earlier. Uh, he he lives in he lives in Washington, um, and we were just talking about keeping positive and we, me and my wife Elise we've talked about it that like this positivity that we exude is not fake sometimes it's hard for us to do it but like we genuinely are positive people but I was telling him he says the way that I cheer myself up is I try to cheer other people up and so uh my some I said like my cheerfulness is is selfish if that makes any sense but it, <laughs> so I, I, I try my best um, but can you tell everyone a little bit about your show? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and by the way, I love the fact that if that's the kind of selfishness that you're going to have is making <laughs> other people feel better, the world would be a better place if we had more people like it in it like you. So I just wanted to give you props on that. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm Rudy Sallow. I, I am a, I would have to say, the most frequent co-host on the show started by my very good friend from, from high school. Uh, Dr. Gwendolyn Dolsky, who is a philosophy professor at a a university here in Southern California. And she was kind of like light years ahead ahead of of other podcasters, if you will, or, or, or the world, if you will, because she started to use podcasts in her teaching. She wanted a way to have her students get to know her a little bit more and to use audio um, as a part of her syllabus. So she will actually record shows talking about different philosophical, you know, topics and, and, and thinkers, and she'll bring some real life uh, people that try to, you know, implement, well, how do you use this philosophy? And she'll, she'll use it on, on, in various ways in the show. I think it's fantastic. I was on her second show where we were geeking out uh, on my day job, which uh, my day job is I'm an infrastructure finance attorney. So I help to build roads and transportation systems and train systems. So I'm a, I'm a bond lawyer at a law firm. 
and we were geeking out on infrastructure because I'm, I'm I'm an infrastructure geek. I, I actually write for <laughs> Forbes.com. Uh, I'm their, I'm a transportation correspondent. So we're not talking about that boring stuff today. But we, we, we had a great we had a great show, and then she started to invite me on for like some other stuff that I like to geek out on, like science fiction and and comedy because I've done some stand up comedy and and we really just started to, to to get into it. And then COVID happened, and basically, you know. I had the professional Zoom account, and so I think she just started having me on a whole bunch of shows because she needed somebody to record. Um, so I, I have that access, and I've, and I've been on a number of shows since then. And, and she now has her own professional Zoom account, so she can do her own recording. But she still has me on the show, and it's great. We're in season two. We're really excited. Uh, getting some, getting a lot. We're gaining of listeners and downloads every month. It's a fantastic show if you want to. You know, in, in these trying times, when you when you want to hear about a philosophical approach to it, to a diff, to a difficult life problem, and how you can implement that day to day. I mean, I, quite honestly, I feel like I'm a student on the show, and I'm learning how to become a better person. Yeah, and I recently started listening too because uh, Gwendolyn actually was the one uh, who recommended you, and she said you'd be perfect for the show, which I I uh, heartily agree. So I started listening as well, and yeah, I learn a lot like I, I i do feel like i'm in a very entertaining um college course each each episode it's it's fantastic uh it's a very very good show i highly recommend it to anybody um it's definitely along the same lines as this of trying to 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 learn new things and and navigate the world in a different way it's it's a very good show you guys should be proud of it for sure um but i could talk about your show for a long time and you seem like a renaissance man too, which is great. So we probably have a lot more things that we could talk about. But Rudy, please tell us, what is your thing? My thing, and I, and I have a lot of things, and you can learn that by listening <laughs> to the show, but my, 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 my thing, my thing, and especially my thing today and during these trying times... Film noir. Film noir. I feel like our screen should have went um, grayscale just just immediately. <laughs> right. Absolutely. In fact, there there. It's so funny. I've been taking up like photography lately, and uh, the greatest filter that you can use on your iPhone is the noir filter. So I, I imagine have used it. imagine everything yeah. on here. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's so a great. Imagine it's seeing a, the world. It's a great through filter. a noir filter. <laughs> it's a very good filter. I think I know what film noir is. I, I just I like movies. I, I I used to do a movie podcast before this, but I I can't tell you, it, like what film noir is. So so like what kind of like in a nutshell is film noir? I I, I my first thing is it just to get out. I think that hard boiled detective, that private investigator. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind. But I'm sure it's more. Uh, it, it is a lot more. But your initial. Uh inclination regarding that is correct when, mm -hmm. when, when people think of classical film noir the first vision that they have it's obviously black and white films uh, there, there have been a few color ones but the, the most of them have been you know most of the very good ones have been black and white and it is mm -hmm. usually centered around around a private detective but what film noir is 
it, it's fascinating because you can you can talk to a bunch of different film critics, and I'm I'm not a professional film critic in any way, shape, or form. I'm a student of film. I am a screenwriter. I do do some acting, mm -hmm. but I'm not a professional in this. I've, I've taken courses on film noir, and I listen to books on it. So I you know it's just kind of wanted to give that warning beforehand. I'm not speaking on behalf of like. You know, being a professional film critic here, I, I am a, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, you're a fan, and that's and that's what we want. We want we want those fans. That's what we want. You know what I am? Uh, I'm a film noir junkie. <laughs> I know junkie is, may not be a safe term for work, but honestly, I am. I'm a junkie because I try to watch film noir all day, every day, and you can do it. So, but let me give you a little bit of background on what uh -huh. film noir is. And what and there's a there's a societal there, there there's a universal understanding of okay well what was the first in the film noir and what was the last film noir what, what's what's the the uni, you know mostly universal acceptance mm -hmm. so film noir is a is a genre of films the beginning with John Huston's Mount Maltese Falcon in 1941 okay. and ending with um, uh, Orson Welles' Touch of Evil in 1958. So the classical film noir period is from 1941 and 1958. And it's a series of films that have come out, that came out during this time period that had a lot of, a lot of themes and a lot of things that were similar. And it, but it's not always with a private detective. Yes, a detective is involved in, mm -hmm. in, 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 in a vast majority of these, but a, a lot of them don't have detectives at all. But getting a good understanding of, well, what, is this, what does film noir mean? How did somebody come up with the term film noir? Obviously, noir is a, is a French word for, mm -hmm. for, for the color black. And it was French critics that came up with the term film noir. Mm -hmm. And they were reviewing, you know, you know, the French, the French being under, you know, Nazi occupation, didn't have access to a lot of American films. And so they got a whole bunch of them after World War II, kind of like in bulk, that were coming from America. And they, they sat down and they, they watched a whole bunch of these films and they were like, oh my gosh, this is a new type of crime film, typically with characters that are morally ambiguous slash, mm. you know, the lacking of values. And so they came up with the term film noir because it gave them this kind of like dark feeling because the, because the sense, the feelings in, in these films, you know, they don't leave you with, with, the, with the warm and fuzzies. They're not supposed to leave you with the warm and fuzzies. Film noir, listen, if anybody's out there and they're thinking, oh gosh, I really want to feel really good today, I'm going to turn on a film noir, don't do it. <laughs> Especially in these trying times, if that's what you're looking for. You can, you can watch film noir and feel positive, and I'll tell you how to do that in a second. But, but I wanted to give a little bit of the historical context of how the term film noir even came into existence. It wasn't coined by Americans. It was coined by the French. And that makes sense. Gosh, so 17 years. So, so anything past that, that 1958... Is it considered film noir at all, or is it like an homage to film noir? So, so like you said, classical period. I understand. Correct. That's mm -hmm. the that's the classical period. So, out if it's beyond 1958, and believe me, I'm on a whole bunch of Facebook group, Facebook <laughs> groups and fans, and we argue about this and uh -huh. we talk about this. Typically, it's just called a well. That's just a noir film or a neo noir film. Oh. A neo noir is a film made outside of the classical period, typically in, in color. A classic neo-noir is Chinatown. Okay. okay, that's like, okay, when you think of a private detective film that, hey, if this was made during 41 and 58, this would be film noir. Gotcha. Chinatown fits the bill right there. Okay. That's called a neo-noir. A neo-noir is, you know, typically 
they, they had a, a good period in the 60s and 70s, and they really took off in the 80s. There was a lot of neo-noir films um, that, 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 that came out in, in the 1980s. And, and so if you see a film these days that like, leaves you feeling not great with not the warm and fuzzies, and it has some of the classical elements of film noir, that would be called a neo-noir. And I, I, I think I've seen that label applied to a certain movies. I'm trying to think. The last one that I think that I saw it applied to, like that I know for sure, is the movie um, Sin City, which came out uh, in the early 2000s. And I've heard it called a neo-noir. And that's the only one, the first one that comes to mind um, is that one. So so it can still be in that style, but it needs to. It, it's not going to be called film noir unless it's within that specific time frame, which is a very short time frame. In terms of films, that's that's so interesting. Correct. And once again, taking the historical context of how did something get labeled film noir, World War II played a huge huge role in that, and the fact okay. that the French got these films in bulk, and so that that was one of the reasons why. Now, there have been many people that say, yeah, there were there were plenty of quote unquote film noirs that came out before 1941. For example, the German, the original German film M. Um, it came out in the in the 30s, uh, and and people call that a film noir. There, there's there's going in, you know, geeking out on, on film noir and what are some of the elements of it. You know, German expressionism is a big part of it. You remember in the 1930s and 1940s, a lot of artists left Germany and Austria, came to the United States, and they brought they brought what they were doing there here, and that you know you know leaked into our our our, um, our, our, our films and and had a major influence on it. So German expressionism was it was it was a big it plays a big role in, in film noir as well. So how did you get started watching this? Like a lot of people it's something that they I whenever I talk about films it's usually things like oh I watched it with my mom or, or my or my dad or or something like that. Uh, so I, I can't imagine mom and pop sitting down and and putting on Maltese Falcon with you. But I mean, that could be it. Uh, yeah. So how did that happen? No, it, it wasn't. You know, my, my parents are immigrants from the Middle East, and so mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't know how, how much they knew about film noir and, uh, and where, where they came from. I, my, my dad would would probably, I'd probably put him down as probably a, a Humphrey Bogart type of type of a guy. Okay. He's more of a western. So I grew up watching westerns. Yeah, my dad too. You know, John Same. Wayne, Clint Same. Eastwood, love yeah. it. I could geek out on westerns too, but mm-hmm. not today. Um, <laughs> So film noir, how I got introduced to it was actually in college. Um, okay. In my sophomore year of college, we were we had this, we had this teacher, and um, there was this book um, that, that came out um, by Mike Davis, and it's, it's City of City of Courts, and it, it's all about the, the history of the city of Los Angeles, and it kind of takes a, a dark view of the city of Los Angeles and it and it's in its kind of sordid history and there were lots of film noir references mm. in, in this book and so our teacher in addition to that book uh, made us read The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler and we had to watch Big Sleep in class we had to write some papers on it so that was the true seeds of film noir started my sophomore year of college um, and uh, also around that time I became a very 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 big fan of the Michael Mann film Heat and oh, okay. Heat is considered a, a neo noir. Oh, uh, most people think that's a that, that's a neo noir, and and I and w- w- also when I was in college, I saw Michael Mann speak, and he was doing an analysis of um, uh, of, of Heat, and I, and I think he had brought up some you know when somebody asked him the question, well, what are your, some of your influences? He brought up some films, and r- right at right after college, I I got 
I became a big fan of what many consider the one of the best noir writers. Just so you know, there's film noir, but noir is as a genre of mm-hmm. writing. That's where the hard-boiled detectives. Uh, James Elroy. Okay. James Elroy, you know, author of American Tabloid, author, uh, tons of tons of books. You know, Black Dahlia, mm-hmm. L.A. Confidential, and he is a phenomenal noir writer. And and I and I picked up a, a copy of American Tabloid, and I was reading it, and I had to put it down because it made me feel horrible, it made me feel <laughs> terrible. <laughs> About what, what it's true. I'm not kidding. His view of what America was like in the 50s and 60s that was in this book, I, I felt I wasn't in the right, right frame of mind. Uh, right. Six months later, I picked it back up, and then I became a James Elroy junkie. And uh-huh. I read er, all, all of his books, every single one of his books. I read everything and started reading more along, a, a lot about James Elroy and about his influences. And he started bringing up these film names that, that had a major impact on him The Prowler. And, and a whole bunch of in the lineup and all these films that he grew up watching that you know he just says messed up his brain obviously he's, he's, a, he's a literary genius so it had some kind of an impact on him and so more of the seeds were, were planted finally you know one 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 weekend in Hollywood I I, I came um one week in LA, I, I came across something I would think I was researching film noir or films the sea and the 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 film noir festival in Hollywood was going to be playing, uh, you know, one night, and I decided to go to my first film noir festival, and I was hooked. And so like for the blast. over the past decade, I go every single year to the film noir festival in Hollywood. Obviously, it got canceled mm-hmm. because of COVID this past year, and I've gotten my wife into it, and I've gotten my friends into it, and I still remember the first film that I watched. The name of the first film that I watched. Uh, was Brute Force with Burt Lancaster, which, interestingly enough, is set in prison. It, oh, it doesn't have a de- it doesn't have a detective there, so that that's one of those films that's you know obviously within the film noir genre, everyone says yeah, it's definitely noir. Um, but it was set in a prison, didn't have a detective. So and then it, so I started to learn that like you know it, there is no quote unquote one size fits all for film noir. And then I just started buying books and and studying it. And Turner Classic Movies plays film noir all the time. And a couple years ago, Turner Classic Movie did something with Ball State University, and they mm-hmm. did a film noir festival. And you could take a film noir class and get a film noir certificate for free through Ball State. And I did it. And that's when I really started to get geeking out into wow. the philosophical approaches of film yeah. noir and the history of it and German expressionism, et cetera, et cetera. So that's when I really truly became a student of film noir. Wow. Gosh, that is a deep dive right there. I mean, I love that. How many how many movies would the uh, the the festival show? Like how 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 many movies would it show? Yeah, usually it would run for about um, 10, 10 days towards oh. the end of March to the beginning of April and they okay. usually would show two films a night and they oh. they used to end it in this in this big awesome party called the called the um, a closing night party where they would mm-hmm. have you know uh, they'd have fake gambling and everybody used to dress up in, in the film noir period oh, you know that's so cool. uh, fur coats and, and you know pinstripe uh-huh. suits and hats and and they'd bring you know some old cars from the 40s mm-hmm. and then they switched that to being an opening night party and they have these drinks and mm-hmm. interestingly enough um, the, the heirs of Humphrey Bogart they started getting into distilled alcohol really? and they had some some his son and people come and and we'd have drinks and it, it was just a blast man it was it was a cool little community that kept growing year after year after year in, in Hollywood 
all these people used to used to you know go to the festival every year, and we got kind of got to know some people, and we would just geek out on these films. And what we would geek out on is like, man, these are bad people. Like we're watching, <laughs> we're we're fans of this genre, but but these people that we're watching are just terrible. You know, they're, they're, they've they you know faithfulness. They they've made a bad decision, and and you know their their lives are screwed up for for the rest of it. And, and you're kind of watching. It's almost like. I was thinking about this the other day because it was Halloween and during Halloween I geek out on horror films. You know, back back then, they didn't have as many horror films or slasher films like mm-hmm. we do now. Now there's hundreds of them. In a way, audiences used to go and watch these crime films. Uh, I think the same way that people like to watch horror films. Like you mm-hmm. watch... Like really bad things happen to people mm-hmm. to, to, be, to make you feel better about yourself. I, I think. <laughs> right. You know, it, 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 t- tying it back to what I was saying earlier. If you're watching film noir to make yourself feel better, you know, I was saying, you know, don't. Uh, but in an interesting way, what I've taken away from film noir is a couple of things. Um, the number one thing is we have this idyllic view of the 40s and 50s and what American life was like back then and how everything was perfect and all this stuff. Film noir takes all of that stuff away. I mean, it shows you the true underbelly of society. And the fact that people were coming up with these stories has got to tell you something. Things right. have never been perfect. There's no. always been crime. There's always been yeah. issues. There's always been racial injustice. There's always been drug use. Etc. Etc. So in a way, that kind of makes me feel better. It's like, ah, you know, things aren't so bad today. I see what you're saying because I know people who watch things like The Walking Dead or uh, Game of Thrones. It's like, well, at least I don't have it that bad. <laughs> like, correct. Yeah, at least correct. I don't have it that bad. And um, so it, uh, I, I totally get it. It's, um, it's interesting that you're talking about it with horror movies too because I've recently become a fan of certain horror movies. I don't watch. A ton of them but there's been a few that um, in the last two years that I've started to like kind of start to watch and see that like that's kind of where the envelope is being pushed in cinema is in the horror genre you're getting where like we've seen the normal way that drama unfolds in real life in, in certain drama movies and that's all still great and then comedy is always comedy and then sci-fi is one way to do it too but um, in, in movies like Get Out and all the different, some of the A24 movies and, um, you know, those type of things where we're seeing, like, people talk about different problems with society but through a horror lens to show you, like, truly how horrifying certain aspects of life can be. Anyway, it's this is about film noir, but I see what you're saying. Like, it's holding up a lens to the darker side of society is what these film noirs were doing. Yeah, 100%. And it was really, you know, one of the overarching themes of film noir is alienation. Mm, A lot of the characters that, most of the characters that are in a film noir Mm -hmm. are quote unquote outside of society because they're they're either criminals or they're Mm -hmm. they're morally repugnant or they're in prison, et cetera, et cetera. And and it's very interesting. It's that that feeling of alienation. Like you, you see that these characters want to be in society, but they're on the outside of it and there's that struggle. And 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 that might be the reason why it's okay to root root for those mm-hmm. quote unquote protagonists in film noir because you know they're just going about it in the wrong way. And when mm-hmm. I was when I was you know deeply studying what 
is wrong with me, Rudy? Why are you obsessed with film noir? Like, what is it? Like, why? What is? What is it? Attra- Seriously, I mean, really, like, because people are like, "Wow, dude, you're really into this." And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get really into this stuff, and it's phenomenal because you can watch a ton of film noirs for free because they're in the public domain. You can go mm-hmm. onto YouTube, and there's a ton of them there, and I, you know, I watch them. Interesting. Um, but I figured it out. Like, I, I know this is gonna sound crazy, but. As I was mentioning before, I brought it up. You know, my parents are immigrants. They're from the Middle East, and I grew up here in the United. Here, I was born here, downtown LA, in the mm-hmm. late '70s, and I grew up here in the '80s and '90s. And so, I'm an Arab American, and that was a very difficult time to grow up as an Arab American because there weren't a lot of us here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a, a, you turn on the movies, you turn on the news, you're the enemy, right? That was just you're just that. That's just the way it is. And mm. you know, 9/11 just kind of you know shot that out. And then I and and I got it. I was like, oh, I get it. Film noir, I, I, I get film noir, I, I'm, a, I'm attracted to it because I get the feelings of alienation. Here mm-hmm. growing up as an Arab American in the 80s and 90s, I always felt alienated. I always kind of felt on the outside, just like the characters of film noir. That is one of the overarching themes of film noir. And so that, that explains in part my obsession with it. That makes a lot of sense. And I like that you really use the word protagonist because you like you said some of these people are definitely if not bad definitely in more morally gray areas so it's a it's a good term to use the word uh protagonist as opposed to the the good guy or the or the hero <laughs> i like that correct and, and yeah and, and nobody could see it but when i said that you and i are on yeah. video right now I, I gave the bunny ears yeah, the, around the, protagonist. Yeah, the bunny ears, right my uh youngest daughter i have two daughters uh my youngest daughter uh when she was little um, like two or three to would use air quotes for things and it was so funny because she would always use them incorrectly but it was um then she started to kind of understand how they worked and so she's like can i have some coffee and she would she had, that meant she wanted like hot chocolate or something like that yeah let's have some coffee and then uh, yeah hot chocolate or juice or something but I, she just was. She would put air quotes over things, and it was it was adorable and hilarious whenever she would do it, and it became a thing. And she'll do it every so often now. But now, she's seven, so she actually uses them correctly now. It's, it's <laughs> the air well, when quotes. When you are when funny. you show your daughter your fir- her first film noir, uh-huh. make sure to tell her now, honey. The hero in this movie or the protagonist is not somebody that you know i want you to marry or anything like that or or the film fatale is not somebody you should look up to and just do the air quotes so she can get it there's definitely some a lot of air quoting when it comes to film noir that's so funny so you were saying that there's a lot of them already on youtube but like if i was gonna say i want to sit down i want to get the the, the full noir experience, what could you, what are like three movies that I could choose from to like really like, okay, I get it. What, what are like your three? Okay. Um, the first one that you can go to, and it's right on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, is Detour. It's 72 minutes. It was a, it was a very, a film made in a week on a shoestring budget. Wow. You'll love it. Um, it's a phenomenal film. I'm, I'm not going to give anything about it. Okay. The title alone should give you an idea of it. But you know, if you're not sure about film noir and you don't want to spend a couple of bucks on some of the next films that I'm going to name, mm-hmm. go on to YouTube and watch Detour. It's in the public domain. Okay. Then, um, I, either go Double Indemnity, which okay. is you know, Billy Wilder, Raymond Chandler, uh, dual uh, movie, just phenomenal about a, an insurance agent that goes 
wrong for the, for the wrong married woman. Okay. Or go go out of the past, which is a phenomenal film with Robert Mitchum and and Kirk Douglas. I know that that know you know most scenes, people yeah. really say most people say that's the quintessential one of the best film noirs. So I'd say Detour, um, Double Indemnity, Out of the Past, and then you know after after you you watch those three, go watch the Maltese Falcon, go watch Big Sleep, go okay. watch some of the old Humphrey Bogart films, just to kind of get a sense sense of that. And then uh, you should definitely watch Out of the Past. It's got Charlton Heston in it, mm. and um, and, it, and it's also got Orson Welles. Um, just to kind of get a sense of the later noirs, okay. um, The Killers is a great film. Stanley Kubrick did a phenomenal film called The Killing. He he actually did a couple of film noirs before he expanded his horizons outside mm. of it. So so check out the Kubrick noir films. But you know, there's just there, there's tons of them. And for example, even though these are outside of the classical period, there there are even some TV shows that some people some late six some early sixties late fifties TV shows that are considered noir. Uh, the Fugitive, um, oh, okay. which you know, the Harrison, Harrison Ford movie was a remake of the original TV show. Phenomenal show. There are a lot of noir elements in it. And Route 66, phenomenal TV show. A lot of noir elements in it. Um, so those as well. That'll give you kind of a good flavor of what is noir. And then if you want to start getting into, if you want to say, ah, you know, I'm not really into black and whites, go watch Chinatown. Go okay. watch Heat. Go go watch Sin City and, and just type in the, the 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 search term new noir and a whole bunch of films will come up. I mean, you can, you know, being in the pandemic, you know, hopefully hopefully you have some kind of subscription service or some kind of access to movie channels. Yeah, you too can geek out on film noir. You know, it's so funny. I've never seen Chinatown. Isn't that funny? And uh, it's, it's no old. no no. That is not funny. No, that is a that is a moral tragedy. And I'm pointing <laughs> my finger at you. You must go watch Chinatown. I will. It is so funny how often there's these glaring holes in people's cinema watching. Like, for the longest time, and this is not in, in, in any way noir at all, but I had never seen Titanic. I hadn't seen... I, I saw Titanic when I was in... I'm 37. I saw Titanic when I was 35. And I just had never seen it. And, you know, those those types of movies that, you know, you think everybody has seen. I had a friend that had never seen Princess Bride. And it's like, gosh, I thought like literally everybody that was born in 70s, 80s has seen Princess Bride. Anyway, it's just, it's always funny when you have those gaps. Like my, my dad has never seen a Star Wars movie. He, he does, it interests him, it does not interest him at all, which is so funny. Zero That's interest. fascinating. I know, right? That is like, fascinating. I think he knows who Yoda is. I think that's it because he thinks Yoda is funny looking, but I think that's about it for him. Uh, so that's that's hilarious yeah my like you said like your dad likes westerns my dad like old war movies like like those type of things with uh and then or we'd watch uh the westerns and um so and we'd watch indiana jones that was a big one indiana jones was was big but not star wars don't don't watch star wars in our house so funny don't know why doesn't like sci-fi he just doesn't like science fiction at all 
So it's 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 funny. It, I, I'm 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 a science fiction junkie. Don't mm -hmm. even get me started on it. Don't get me started on my obsession with Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan. Oh, my so preferred good. writing genre is in science fiction. I I'm I am a science fiction geek, but 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 yeah. I'm also a film noir geek. Um, is there are, are any of these on like major streaming services? It's fine if I have to rent some yeah. of them. But uh, yeah, so. yeah, Amazon's got Amazon's got a, Amazon's got a good amount of film noir. Okay. Um, you know what's really what's really great. Uh, Turner Classic Movies. Okay, oh, okay. so uh, it's Turner Classic Movies. If you just have basic cable, that's a part of it. It's got a okay. lot of film noir. Um, there's a free TV channel. Uh, it's called it's called Movies with a, with an exclamation point. It's a KCOP, you know, number three. So you just type in Movies on Thursday. Mm -hmm. It's Film Noir Day. They just really? do 24 hours. Yeah, 24 hours oh. of film noir all day, every single Thursday. So if you have, if you literally have any kind of TV with zero cable, just you know, any the all the TVs now have the antennas built into mm -hmm. them. Find the Movies with the exclamation point channel. Sit down in front of the TV every Thursday. They have Film Noir all day. Um, Eddie Moeller, who is the czar of noir, he's the guy that hosts the the, the, the film noir. It's a he's great written all, all about it. That's it, good. It, it is great. Yeah. On Turner Classic Movies, every Saturday night, he does. Um, uh, we they, they do a film noir at nine nine p.m. mid midnight East Coast, nine p.m. West Coast. Well, mm -hmm. he will. Well, he'll do an expose. He'll he'll have a film and he'll do a background about the film and he'll he'll have some cocktails that go apart uh, go about with it. So Turner Classic Movies is another great channel. Um, uh, Noir Alley. It's called Noir Alley. Eddie uh -huh. Muller, Noir Alley. Uh, you can search that right on, on the web. And if you really want to geek out on, on film noir, just go buy any book by Eddie Muller. There's there's also a book called The Philosophy of Film Noir, mm -hmm. which which really juxtaposes film noir with like some of the philosophical giants. You can get that on Audible. And you can you can geek out on that stuff. It's really easy to geek out, and it's very inexpensive too. Because I'm telling you, a lot of film noir is for free. There's another great one, another really great film noir, and it's, uh, it's great for a lot of reasons. It's also directed by a woman, Ida Lupino. Uh, it's also free on YouTube, and it's called The Hitchhiker, and that's actually based on a true story. Ooh. It, that's based on a true story. It, it'll it'll mess with your mind, but it's a phenomenal <laughs> okay. film noir for free on YouTube. Another free one on YouTube, very well known. DOA. DOA, okay. type that in. Also on YouTube, those are all for free. Uh, gosh, Rudy, if you could, if if you had time, I would love it if you could maybe compile a list of some of the um, some of those type of things that I could include in the show notes, so so the fans can go look those up. Uh, at Happy to do so. Yeah, no, no, no rush. Um, what I love that you said that he talks about cocktails um, for it too, because I understand like the whole like the Scotch uh, drink, the hard drinking. Uh, private bourbon. detective bourbon I, baby I it's highly bourbon. recommend bourbon in a film noir <laughs> <laughs> we um, we've had two episodes with those classic cocktails we have one on an old fashioned and one on a Manhattan um, and like their twist on those but uh, the old fashioned has become like our our drink in our house that we have when we're having a cocktail and we think it's we, we think it's a great one um, so that we love it when you compare uh, those together. We had an, uh, an earlier episode. We had my friend Dave on, and he's a mixologist. And what he does is a podcast on um, movie cocktails, where he will create a pot, uh, a cocktail to go with a movie um, that's like themed with it. Like when you watch Ghostbusters, he has like this ecto, this ecto one slime uh, cocktail. And uh, he, for my birthday one time, he made me a um, an Indiana Jones melon ball roller. Uh, 
cocktail. It was really good to because my that's favorite awesome. Movie, yeah, the, the Indiana Jones trilogy is my are they my favorite movies, and so he knows that. So he knew that. So he made us this um, this our signature cocktail, which is super cool. So uh, that is I love really it. cool. I love that type of detail that people will put into it. Like pair pair this movie with this and. Uh, my wife, we were talking about dinner and a movie. Do you remember that on TBS? It used to be on, um, and they would do yep. like a that you would cook with. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's a great idea. Uh, this episode may be coming to an end, but the work is just beginning. Rudy has given us the script for a great week, and for the response edition of this episode, I'll be spending as much time taking Rudy's advice as I can fit in, and then I'll report back to you with Elise in the response episode. In the meantime, I hope you'll try his advice too. Or if you can add more to the conversation with your own expertise, you can contact me uh, via Twitter or Instagram at like two like things. That's the number two, like two like things. You can also leave a message on the like line at 661-279-0130 or via email at I like the like things podcast at gmail.com. Now I'll read or play the messages on that response episode if they're positive. Of course, uh, we always talk about toxic fandom here, that it has no place on this podcast. Uh, Rudy's out here spreading the good word of film noir, uh, so um, keep your bad comments to yourself. Uh, if you'd like to be on the show or you have a friend that wants to share, contact us using the same channels. Uh, you can also support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash I like to like things, where you can join people like Gerald, the Galindo, Morgan, Dave, Jay, Paul, Paris, Tony and others uh now rudy where can people find you on social media if you want to be found yeah i'm, I'm fine being found um, <laughs> on twitter it's 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 sallow rudy so it's my first name and my last name that's that's me on twitter mm-hmm. on instagram it's rudy ss 77 and for forbes.com just type just go to forbes and type in rudy sallow and, and you'll see i have a uh, about almost about a dozen stories talking about transportation, talking about infrastructure. I've got a I've got a really interesting story about um, how films and and, and and autonomous vehicles and, and bad vehicles and films may may affect our our our, our biases against and worry against ro- robotic cars. It's kind of an interesting <laughs> tie-in of film and infrastructure because because I'm a, I'm a geek, I'm a nerd. What do uh-huh. you want me to do? But um, Rudy Sallow at Forbes. Solo Rudy at Twitter, Good is in the Details pod on all anywhere you could find um, podcast. Good is in the Details with Dr. Gwendolyn Dolsky and you know me on most of the episodes. But if you really want to, you know, just like this show, get some positivity and, and learn about philosophical approaches to living a better life and a whole bunch of different other topics, social media, cancel culture. Uh, federal I mean, uh, corruption. All we have an FBI agent that comes on the show a lot. It's it's really fun. It's a, it's a good show that you'll really enjoy. And I've been honored to be on this show. And I love that you like to like new things. And I, <laughs> I really do, hope yeah. you will get into film noir. It is an awesome thing. I'll spend the whole week. It, it'll be a, it'll be a week long adventure. I wish I could go to this film festival because I mean it's not that far from me. But that's a bummer. That's in the before times. That's <laughs> that's in the I, before times. I promise you. Yeah. Once once a vaccine is out and our country goes back to whatever you know might be the new normal. Yeah, the new normal. The film festival. The film festival will be on, and we will go together, and it'll be a blast. I. That sounds great. It's a it's a date. That sounds amazing. Um, Rudy, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you sound like a super busy guy. My gosh, you do a ton. When do you find time to sleep? That's amazing. But. Um, 
thank you so much. I, this is great. I, I, I'm really looking forward to this week for sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity and look forward to staying in touch. And I will see you all next week when the mission is accomplished. And remember, we can make the world a little brighter, a little friendlier, and a little more enjoyable by liking a few more things. 